When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Angeles, California. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hey everybody, I'm your host, Shaw McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. And we're happy to say we're translating to many different languages from people outside the country. And uh, we really appreciate that. Thanks, Block Talk. And the call number tonight is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal and Sacred Air is every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I also have a little uh, show I do on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time every Sunday. Anyway, during the show, I can take questions in order in chat. And you may call in with your questions and speak with our guests. Uh, any buzz killers in chat or on the phone, you know, I will kick you out. When I have a copy of your number, so I'll call you back and bug you. So please don't bug me and I won't bug you. So play nice. And uh, let's see here. I just want to tell you about something now. I've had four weeks to have a, a three bottles of Marilyn Salas' Creation Love's Blessing. I got my beautiful little kit, and I've been using it for weeks, and I love it. It has a very uh, just gentle scent of maybe incense, and it's a very calming healing meditation and healing this. And I bless myself with it. I just do it as a blessing, so I bless myself with it every morning and every night. And uh, it's it's just beautiful, and the bottles are beautiful. They have a little crystal on them anyway. She does this with crystal work and all this. So it's Marilyn Salas, and uh, she just happens to be married to Captain Robert Salas. So uh, they have an awesome little meditation uh, tea room that I think you may have seen pictures of it. But anyway, there's pictures of it on Facebook, and they just have a, a, they're both beautiful, beautiful people, and this product is just so comforting and soothing. So you can find it at www.lovesblessing.com. Loves, L-O-V-E-S, Blessing, B-L-E-S-S-I-N-G dot com. And for those of you in need who have been abductees or abductees, uh, victims or, uh, you know, having some kind of trauma, you know, that uh, there is a zero group. And if you'd like to attend a meeting, it's here in Southern California. And uh, if you'd like to attend a meeting, I'm going to give you a contact uh, uh, person. That's Yvonne Smith. 
And you can find uh, events and all kinds of stuff over at the uh, website, www.cerointernational.com. And she also has a, a, her book, Coronado Haunting, is now available on Amazon and CreateSpace. And she's a licensed hypnotherapist, so she deals with all of us. She has uh, up in La, La Cunada and also Huntington Beach offices. And let's see, well, you know, after the show tonight, I'm going to be on another show at midnight, uh, Pacific Standard Time. And it's a show out of Arizona, KDWN, 7.20 a.m. And I'm going to be the guest. And it's it's called The Extraterrestrials, The Dark Side of Contact. Yes, I will be talking about my experiences. So you can also find in Restricted Airspace. And I'm very, very happy uh, to be the guest there. And it's www.restrictedairspace.com. You can tune in over there and listen to me uh, at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 a.m. Eastern Standard. Anyway, I already set my uh, alarm, and I will be drinking coffee in the middle of the night. And I have to get up at 4 a.m. to go to work, so who knows what's going to come out of me. Anyway, this week, oh, my God, we have our awesome guest. He is an amazing man, Steve Hutchins, Jr. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's an awesome radio host and ufologist. And I just can't talk enough about this guy. And so we're so lucky to have him here tonight. He's a wealth of information on everything. And I'm going to read you his little bit of bio, and then we're going to get him on. Born January 21st, 1950 in Fort Worth, Texas. Graduated in 1968 in Diamond Hill, Jarvis. Uh, joined the U.S. Navy in 69 and has four years of honorable service and three and a half years of honorable service in the U.S. Navy Reserve. Steve joined MUFON in 1991, and he was appointed as Texas Chief Investigator in 95. He is part of the original STAR team conducting STAR team investigations in Texas. And in 2008, he led a group of field investigators to the Stephenville, Dublin, Texas, to investigate what's now called the Stephenville Lights. Oh, man, I want to hear about all that. Anyway, in 2009, he became MUFON State Director of Texas until 2012 and was appointed as MUFON Director of Investigations. Steve has 20 years of community service with many volunteer organizations, such as Little League, Neighborhood Council, Community Policing of Fort Worth Police Department, uh, COP Search Team, COP Base Radio Operator, and Steve is an estimator, draftsman, OSHA outreach trainer, and safety director for a multi-million dollar construction company. He's also an owner of Infinity Industries and owner of the and host of the Texas UFO radio show, I love that show, and the MUFON radio show. It's incredible. Anyway, Steve is currently the MUFON director of his um, investigation, as I said. So let me go looking for him, and uh, here we go. Now, is this Steve? I'd like to welcome you to the Paranormal and Sacred. You're going live. Yes, this is Steve. Steve, how you been? Hey, how's it going? We're doing good over here. You know, I'm in a sunny, beautiful California, and I can't know Southern California. I'm just south of the I'm LA airport. Where are you South at? of LA airport? Yep. Okay, is that? Okay, that's. I've never been to California very often. I'm in sunny Texas, except it's cloud covered right at the moment. Yeah, it was kind of getting like that, so we might have a little rain tomorrow, but. You know, I feel really sad for the people back east. I just found out Niagara Falls is half frozen, and Boston looks like a, I don't know, a wedding cake. It's just white and icicles coming down everywhere. 
and uh, Rhode that's Island. Why, Go ahead. That's why I never moved to Ohio, just simply because of that. I don't like the cold weather that much. You know, cold cold air is fine, but you start getting into the ice and snow, and you can forget all of that. Yeah, I can't take it Texas. anymore. I used to live upstate New York, you know, so it would get 20 below, and, and us crazy kids would still be out there in the snow. And uh, I, you know, I can't take that now. I know that I can't. So I'm counting my blessings here where I am. And uh, it's, uh, you know, further south, maybe that's a, that'll be good. But right now they're freezing their buns off, and I just want to give a shout-out to all the East Coast people, you know, just stay in and stay safe, stay off those roads, stop crashing out there. You know, I have to take this moment to say that uh, thank goodness for global warming because otherwise it would really be cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> we never thought we'd be grateful for global warming. I was thinking that. I just didn't want to say that. You were, you were brave enough to say it. I was thinking that. Oh, it doesn't that. bother me to say it. Because <laughs> it feels so nice because it's getting a little bit nippy here a little bit, but I'm talking 62. You know what I mean? But it's so fresh, and, and yeah, it's nice here, real nice. So anyway, we're just the people are going down to the beach and uh, getting ready for the uh, Oscars, and that's what time of year it is around here. That's what's on on all the TV stations and everything else. So anyway, so you're a fascinating gentleman, and uh, I've been following you for the last few years, and I would like to for people that don't know you. Could you just uh, give them a little history of where you grew up and what your family was like and just start at the beginning? Oh, me. Well, let's say I was born in 1950, which was quite a long time ago. And um, uh, my dad was a truck driver. My mother was a, a housewife. Uh, we had five kids in the family. I was the oldest. And I uh, had to put up with a lot of junk from the younger ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we got by, barely, and uh, we didn't move around a whole lot because, uh, I don't know, I guess I guess you don't move around much unless you're a military family or something, but uh, we didn't move very often, maybe two or three times in our entire livelihood. Um, went to uh, the, the school. That, I'm still in the same neighborhood, by the way. And, uh, wow. Um, matter of fact, I'm living on on, a, on the the same block that uh, both of my grandmothers uh, lived on, and where where both of my mom and dad grew up. I live on the same block. But I think um, that's wonderful. I just had the so totally opposite experience, but this is really awesome. Go ahead. I, this entire neighborhood here, I grew up in it, and uh, but uh, I guess that's why I never moved out. <laughs> it's kind of mm -hmm. homely, homely body or something or other, but. Uh, um, I joined the Navy in 1969, I believe it was, and uh, I did that right after high school, basically. I, I, and that one, I guess it was about six months after I got out of high school, I, I swear to God, I had, I don't know, at least 50 different jobs. Just did not like anything I was doing, and finally I said, that, forget this, I'm just going to join the service or something. And... <laughs> I ended up in the Navy, and I was in the Navy for all those years and uh, stayed on the wow. same ship the entire time. It was on a destroyer, and, uh, man, that boat went everywhere. We went all over the place. I've been to Europe three or four times and the North Atlantic three or four times, and 
down to Cuba several times. We, matter of fact, we'd go down to, to exercise at Gitmo every winter. And of course, when you get down there, it's summertime. So I didn't, have, I didn't, I never saw a winter for three or four years, which uh, made it pretty rough on me when I got out and had to go into uh, uh, the workforce, which was in construction. And the oh, first yeah. winter about killed, it about killed me. The first winter, I was, I was wearing two and three pair of everything. And, yeah, uh, and I didn't make it. It was cold, but when you think about it, it wasn't really that cold. I just wasn't used to it. Yeah. And uh, about a year after I got in the Navy, I got married, and uh, my wife and I are still married. I have two children, and uh, those two children are grown and gone and doing their own thing. And I have five grandkids total, and uh, you can see their pictures all over my Facebook. I keep it pretty yeah. well posted up, and. Uh, uh, two of those grandkids and my oldest son just recently moved to Florida, and I didn't like that too much because grandkids are gone. But but I get to Skype with them, so that's pretty cool. And they get to show me all their stuff they're doing. We get on the video Skype, which makes it pretty good. And uh, the other ones, uh, the other three, they're not too far from me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to visit visit them tomorrow. It's uh, one of my granddaughter's birthday, and uh, we're going to go over and have a little birthday party. So it's family time. Right. You know, and it's becomes more important too. You know, it's more important yes. now than ever. I think it's that thing. We're only two years apart. I was born in '52. Really? Yes. See, we're older than dirt. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm not going to add I'm the second not, part. I have I a lot of plans. <laughs> I always I say that plans. they say, "Well, how old are you?" Yeah. <laughs> They say, Steve, how old are you? I said, well, I'm older than dirt and twice as ugly. <laughs> and, you know, I get a charge out of that. Right. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Now, Steve, when uh, when you were uh, uh, young and in your house and everything, what was your belief system about the paranormal, <laughs> about the possibility of UFOs? What was it like? Well, people I've always been interested. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Aquarius. And I'm curious about everything, everything and anything. I'm curious about it, and I'm open-minded about everything. And as a kid, um, what really sparked my interest in, in uh, uh, say, UFOs specifically was um, a, a film I saw. It was a film about, uh, 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 they call it the Utah film. And it shows some um, several lighted objects flying across the sky, not not in any certain formation, just kind of scattered and going across the, the sky, and, and uh, they eventually cross, um, uh, and they go behind uh, these uh, this large electrical stanchion. I always call it the, the kind that Godzilla kicks down. I don't know what the proper term for it is, but those long, long, large uh, electrical arrays that uh, that carry the wires. But the, past that, you can kind of get a perspective on how, how big they were and mm-hmm. actually how fast they were moving. And the, the, of course, they analyzed the film, and the government jumped in on it. And uh, the the eventual explanation was a flight of geese. And I, I said, no, geese fly in a triangle-shaped formation, and, or a V-shaped formation, and they certainly don't fly that fast. So it it kind of occurred to me that you know they're, they're just either covering this up, or they're just making things up as they go, or they just didn't know what it was. But I started reading everything, and uh, of course, back then we had the uh, um, 
what you call the Enquirer paper, and I was yeah. re- I was reading that thing all the time, and you know, you never know. Ninety nine percent of the stuff may be rubbish in there, but it, it kept me entertained because I was reading about Bigfoot coming out of the <laughs> out of the forest and and taking people and the Loch Ness monster and and um, the uh, inner Earth uh, theories and just anything and everything you'll find it in the in the Enquirer paper. And here I am reading all this stuff, and then of course ghosts and and uh, of course I'm a skeptical person, and and you got to prove this stuff to me. And I mean, just because someone shows a photograph of something doesn't mean that's what it is. And I'm still like that today. I mean, I make people mad a lot when they say, "Hey, Steve, what do you think about this photo?" I say, "Oh, well, it's a bug." <laughs> I've only seen a thousand yeah, of didn't. them like this. I kind of or or I'll, I'll say young. what I think it is. I'll say what I think it is. Okay, go ahead. Yes, I'll say what I think it is too, and you know, I make people mad. And and you know what a lot of people don't really understand is, uh, like uh, like I hope they have a a video of a UFO. Okay, uh, if uh, they bring it to say they they put it in in the system, the MUFON system, and Phil Vesager goes out and looks at it and verifies that it yes, it truly is an unknown, or yes, it truly is something from wherever. Well, the Japanese uh, uh, people in Japan and Japan will give you several thousand dollars per second for one of these films, and I learned that in a Stephenville thing. So, you know, they come to us wanting us to pat them on the back and saying, "Yes, it is a UFO," and you know, we just don't do that. Now, there are unknowns, and you know, we will say they are unknowns, and unknowns are now, oh. Just a roughly 30% of all the UFO reports that we get in and we look at, about 30% of them are, are still classified as unknowns because we just don't don't know what they are. So um, that about covers that. But um, I, uh, you know, I've never seen a UFO myself. Nothing that I can say is a UFO. Um, but I've had paranormal experiences, and yeah. you would think I'd be a ghostbuster, but no, I'm not. <laughs> what kind of but, paranormal uh, experiences? Um, I live in a haunted house. And right now, I say it's yes. This house I live, okay. I lived, I've lived in this house since '75, uh, and it's an old house when I moved into it, and, and it's getting older by the day. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's strange things going on in this house, and it's not really something that uh, I would say is harmful. But uh, um. Uh, that the first thing that ever happened to me in this house was it happened to me only. It was, it was shortly after I bought it. And, of course, I needed a lot of remodeling. And uh, I was over here after work one night. I was over here in this house. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's, like a, it's a two-bedroom house, uh, living room, kitchen, that kind of thing. And uh, one bath. And there was, um, a, there was a closet that was separating the two bedrooms. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to rearrange this stuff. And and I was, I was in like the larger bedroom, and I was on my knees doing something, measuring. I was measuring the uh, floor space in this closet, just because I was wanting to knock part of it down, and create a hallway and then a, a, another door to the other bedroom. So here I am in this thing, and it's it's I don't know seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and uh, I'm the only one here, um, and the only thing I had in my hand, only tools I had was, was uh, my, my uh, tape measure. But 
on the wall in front of me, uh, there was uh, this noise that, that I can only describe as uh, as if there was um, a broom uh, leaning against the wall, and you know, you know when the when the broom kind of slides over, you hear the the broom yeah. rake across the the the, uh, the the wall as it goes, and it, and it slaps and hits the floor. Well, I heard this, and as soon as it slapped and hit the floor, it, it was as if someone took their fist and hit the wall right about where my face is at. And uh, these are wooden walls. They're not sheetrock or anything. They're wooden walls. Uh, so I, I got up and immediately ran in there. It only took me about five seconds because I thought someone was in the house messing around with me because my brother didn't live too far down the road. Well, I ran into the room. There's nothing in there. Nobody's in there. There's no broom in there. There's no tools. There's nothing that could fall over at all, period. So I got my ruler and left. Forget that. And uh, nothing happened after that for a while. We moved into the house, and uh, I didn't tell my wife about it. She didn't need to know that kind of stuff. She probably wouldn't let me move in. But um, little things happen, but they only happen when when we are doing some like major projects in the house, like uh, mm-hmm. painting, like a, we, could, we could paint the room or something or paint half the house. Or, and and uh, we started hearing that there's an attic upstairs that you can walk in and it runs the full length of the house. And man, for the longest time, we would hear like someone running across that, that attic floor up there. You know? And uh, I would get up there and try to reenact it. And you have to you have to stomp pretty hard going across there. And a lot of people say, "Well, it's squirrels." Well, we do have squirrels running across there, but they, they don't stomp as hard as I was stomping going across that that attic door. And then uh, I, I did a lot of work out of town uh, at that time. I'm not going to go out for ten days, come back for four, go out for a week, come back for three or four days, something like that. I was working in Houston, and uh, my wife started telling me that uh, that something is banging on the house. You know, boom, 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 that kind of thing. And I I would say, well, you know, I started making all these excuses trying to figure out what it was beating on my ass, what what it was. But but, uh, it carried on and on and on and off and on and off and on. And then uh, I had two kids by then. And then I just blew it off. And until one night I heard it and it woke me up. And something was actually banging on the house so hard it was rattling the windows on on the south side of the house. And it just kept going on. It goes boom, 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 and it quit for about 15 seconds and do it again. And this happened about 10 times in a row. So I came into the back bedroom here and, and had an outside light. And uh, I got enough nerve to pull the blinds back and look, see who's out there banging on the side of the house. And, and I pulled the blinds out, and it, it hit three more times. And I'm looking. There's nobody out there. There's nothing there. I, just, I can see. I can see the whole side of the house. And it quit. So we all went back to bed and went to sleep. And I got up the next morning and went out there looking for footprints and things. And and uh, I hit the side of the house with my fist trying to you know, reenact what was. And I had to hit it hard. So I don't know what that was. I still don't know. But I haven't heard that since. And that's been a lot of years. Uh, um, uh, yes. And, and once in a while. It is. I'm trying to figure the, out what would make. What is the purpose of that booming? But I have heard a loud boom before on yes. my house, and I and I came outside, and uh, there was a beam that had split, 
And I don't know if it was that or not, but I have heard some very odd things that were loud like that. I'm thinking, what? But, mm-hmm. but it's just the house. It's not like from outside. You can tell if there's like an earthquake coming, like we're always hearing booms over here. There was a big explosion over here, I think, the day before yesterday. We heard that. This is different. When something happens to the house, it's just, it's just your house. And that is very yes. mysterious. Wasn't trying to make it we'll hear. I think. Whatever it was. It's what? It sounds like it, it, whatever to... it was was trying to make you leave. Oh. Or why would it stand out there well, banging on the house? It didn't succeed, though. No, it didn't, didn't make me leave or anything. It could have done a lot of other things that would really make me leave. But uh, my uh, my son, oh. well, I, when he started getting a little older, I converted that attic up there to a bedroom. When I put walls, sheet rock, carpet, and lights, and and uh, vented the air conditioner up there, and, and that kind of thing, and and uh, he got to the point where he wouldn't sleep up there. Period. There, these are there's all kinds of weird things going on. Something would poke him in the face, you know, and sit on the bed with him, and <laughs> he oh wouldn't sleep. Up there. He would sleep on the couch. He said, "Forget that." And then he eventually went to the Marine Corps. And uh, but uh, no, he didn't sleep up there anymore. Mm-mm. I don't know what was going on, but. He didn't like it up there at all. Did you ever feel like having a pastor or a priest come in or something like that? Oh, people have offered, and and I'm no, I I don't I don't care about doing something like that. It's, just, it's my I mean it's not bothering me. It's not bothering anybody. Yeah. And uh, that was, there was there was one time. Oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> um, I was asleep one Saturday morning. And, uh, thanks. My wife was, um, uh, watching, um, I Love Lucy on television. And I hate that show. I can't stand Did that you? show. The music. No, I hate That's that blaspheming. show. Blaspheming. Oh, I, I know. What can I say? I, I cannot stand that okay. show. And she's sitting there, she, she's watching it, and I'm kind of getting irritated because she has it loud enough where I can hear it and it woke me up. I, <laughs> yeah. So I'm laying there in the bed, figuring out if I want to get up or try to sleep some more. And, um, uh, uh, you on a cat, or you've been around cats? Uh, I've had a couple when I was a kid, but I don't have it as an adult. No, I don't have dogs. Okay, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because okay. you, you know how cats cats are very cautious when they walk, especially when they're walking on something like blankets. Yes. I started feeling something sneaking up on up the bed uh, on me, like a cat. And I'm looking down, and there's nothing there. But this cat was like, it would have to be a big cat because I could feel the pressure of the of the like its legs, if if you could say legs, on each side of my body, starting at my feet, slowly coming up my entire body. Okay, you got me so far. Yeah, and I couldn't move. I could not move i couldn't move period here i am here i am i'm I'm frozen in the bed only thing i can move is my eyeballs and i'm looking down i can't stop struggling trying to move i can't talk can't do anything and finally <laughs> i move and we are off into the floor bed covers and everything and it is on on whatever <laughs> and whatever it was disappeared I, I didn't see anything but i sure felt it coming up the bed on me i said oh forget this and uh, uh, that that was years ago, and not too much, not too long ago. 
my wife and I lay in the bed. We're asleep, and uh, she 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 gets she's uh, she gets woke she woke some something woke her up, and she felt she had her she had her uh, arms along her sides and she's on her back, and she felt something like holding her left hand. And you know, her first reaction was she thought it was me. I was holding her hand for some reason. Well, she looks over at me, and I'm laying over. I'm got my back to her. So she looks down where she's at, and she saw this black, uh, smoky shape, sort of laying on the bed along her legs, holding onto her hand, like a little kid, oh, about the size yeah. of a kid. And when she, when it startled her, when she saw what it was, they just disappeared and went away. So. I'm I'm kind of thinking that's just some kind of little kid or something is just running around in here, but well, it doesn't bother me. Okay. Oh, this incident here hadn't if it, if it's been two years, that's probably too long. It hadn't been too long. Wow. Um, I think you live in a haunted house. I think it's a real deal. You know, it sounds like oh, yeah. it because when like. When I hear somebody say odd stuff like that, then I know it's real. Like, uh, there's other stuff that I know people are just scared or making it up, but this is because I have lived in a couple haunted houses, uh, I mean, several haunted houses, and there was always off-the-wall stuff like that. A drawer would come open, I would hear people walking in and out of the door, shutting the door, walking past the mm-hmm. heater because the heater would creak when you walked past it, but nobody's out mm-hmm. there, but there's still the for some reason the heater's still creaking, and you could hear the weight of somebody walking across the carpet, you know, and uh, the kids heard a lot more than I did. And, uh, you know, I, one time I was up in the middle of the night and I heard uh, children laughing in the bathroom. I really thought it was my kids. And so it didn't scare me. I said, what are they doing up? So I went in the room, they're sound asleep. And that's the way it is when you live in a house like that. It's always like you really think it's somebody that's there. So you look first for a person, you know. And one time I did have a struggle over the sheets. I did. I was yes. fighting. Something was dragging them, and I was dragging them back. But what woke me up <laughs> is that I was doing it in my sleep, like trying to grab the sheets and saying it was cold. And then I realized, man, I'm having a fight here, and nobody was there. But, you know, kind of a very uh, strange thing. So, um then, as things went along, uh, like in the 90s, you actually uh, started getting into uh, UFOs. You haven't sighted a UFO, but you started getting interested in that. So, uh, when did that start happening? Well, like I said, I've always been interested in UFOs and all this other good stuff. And I was uh, I had watched some UFO documentary or something on TV, and I was talking to my sister about it. And uh, she says, well, this is about 1990 and 91. She says, uh, well, you need to join MUFON. And I said, what is that? She said, well, it's a UFO organization. They're worldwide. And I said, no kidding. I've never heard of them. She said, well, a lot of people don't know about them. And she said, you have to you have to join. You have to be a member, and you have to be uh, recommended. And I said, well, that's kind of stupid. I mean, I don't know anybody in MUFON. How can I get recommended? She said, well, I know someone. I know the, She knew the state director. Uh, that was in in uh, Oklahoma at the time, and uh, she said, "I'll get you an application." I said, "Okay." So I joined Mufon. It was only like twenty five dollars, and I thought that was really cool. And I joined in nineteen ninety one, and I got this neat little uh, publication, the, the Mufon Journal, that comes out every month, has a lot of good articles in it about UFOs, investigations, and things, and 
And uh, I wasn't satisfied with just that. Um, I, I, was, uh, the, I think the second year the, when, when it came time for renewal, uh, I put on my application there that I wanted to be a MUFON field investigator. And they said, okay, you have to go through the training. I said, all right. So we had to buy the field investigator's manual. And uh, I forget now what that cost back then. But I got, got one of those. And it comes with a 100-question test. And it's actually an open book test. I mean, you can look at the test, look up the answers, write them down, and you, mm-hmm. you're good to go. So uh, I took That's the test, passed the test. Yes, I passed the test, and uh, I became a field investigator. And I said, all right. Now I would be able to go out on investigations. Uh, another year went by, and I didn't hear anything about any investigations. I uh, didn't hear anything about any meetings, nothing. And I was getting pretty discouraged. And about the time I was about to just throw the towel in, I got a letter. And it was an invitation to a MUFON meeting over in Dallas. So I said, all right. So I'm, I went to the meeting, and all five of us showed up. And I was the only field investigator. Hmm. And I found out later that in the, the latter part of 1990, the big DFW group they had over here split up and went paranormal for whatever reason. So, 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 they, uh, they, so that's the beginning just, of. Uh, I think there was a there's been a shakeup a few times, but uh, sometimes that's growing pains. So, what do you think? Well, I could say a lot of things, but I won't. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> I think that uh, at Dang the time you. back then, <laughs> I think at the time back then, uh, there wasn't, um, let's say, enough interest in UFOs as there was in paranormal. And okay. you, you you can almost say that now. You can almost say that there's more people involved with paranormal activity than there are uh, UFOs. And uh, I'm not sure why that's, that is, but uh, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. There's a lot of people that want to um, see UFOs are, are joined with paranormal. And I don't like that because uh, as long as the UFO topic is embedded in the paranormal realm, it'll never be taken seriously. And I would love to separate the UFO topic from the paranormal. And it, mm-hmm. I think if, if we do that, it, there'd be a more of a scientific approach taken. And um, that's just the way I think. And I think, I, think it's, I think it's the way to go. But as long as uh, UFOs are connected with Bigfoot, uh, we'll always be seen as someone wearing tinfoil hats. That's just the way it is. Well, I was so shocked to that when I first time I heard that uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch or whatever you want to call them, and they had any connection with the UFOs. I, I just only heard that this past year. I've never understood it or heard it before. I don't, I don't get it. There's a couple of uh, incidents. Witnesses say that uh, that they, they witnessed a, a Bigfoot. And at the same time, they also witnessed a UFO. And I think there's only one witness, or someone has told me that one witness saw a Bigfoot coming out of a UFO. And, of course, <laughs> I yeah, countered with, I yes, I, I countered with, well, maybe the aliens 
uh, abducted the Bigfoot, and the Bigfoot's in there tearing all their equipment up, so they opened the door and let him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's just well, kind of the way I answer I just that. think it, it sounds like a bad joke, you know what I mean? Well, the Bigfoot left yes. the UFO, and, you know, so I, I don't know. Maybe somebody made it up, but, you know, it's uh, for experiencers. I'm an experiencer, so... You know, of course, uh, I want it to be a scientific field of study and maybe psychological, too. But uh, a lot of us also have a lot of uh, interesting gifts, which is, is strange, too, on top of it. So it's kind of a mixed bag thing, but I, I really uh, tend to side with you about that because that's why when people show me pictures, right away I look at it as, you know, as much as I can, decipher it. There is unknowns, but if I know it looks like a bird or a helicopter or this or that, I just have to say it, you know, because people mm-hmm. try to convince me of of a cutout, you know, a white a cutout of a alien is laying on their yard. Now it's in the tree, and it's the same damn cutout. You know what I mean? You know it's either Photoshop or somebody's going out in their backyard putting fake aliens back there. I, how can I agree with them? That's true. You know, because I don't think, you know, and then some other, you know, more real negative ones, you know, the the peekaboo one with, with what's-his-name and all that. To me, you're really messing up the point <laughs> that this is a real phenomena. It's, it's, it's uh, you don't have to make up stuff. It's too weird as it is. You know, so it just makes everybody come off as crackpots because there's a, a few people making things up. Exactly. And you've heard the term follow the money? Yes. Okay, that's what yes. you have to do here. Like the peekaboo yes. aliens and things, just yeah. you know, making a that lot of money off of that stuff. Really, that made me really mad. I, I can't tell you how mad I was over that one. Just yeah, so the first time I saw that. fake. Did, I, did I you had a special it? viewing on immediately? that. Immediately? Oh, yeah. Yes, I knew immediately it was fake. Me too. Because it's not going to come not gonna down have like an, that. No. no, you're not going to have an alien peeking around a corner, and right. then sneaking up on the camera. You know, that's not going to happen. People do that, but why do they have that's to do exactly that? That's exactly right. As far as I know, they can come through the walls. Like there's some kind of interdimensional thing that's occurring. That's how they can come in and out. And people say there's I'm glad you said walls that. levitated through windows. Okay, so, yeah. yes. so that's why that particular incident that we're talking about I'd love to name names, but I don't want to turn anybody down. I just feel like kicking her butt. But anyway, <laughs> why do all that when, you know, people are suffering? Because, you know, a lot of people are traumatized by this. There's a whole yes, thing of positive, positive people saying they're having positive experiences with aliens, abductions, and UFOs. I am not one of those. I've had one positive experience, and I've been experiencing this since the 50s, since I was a kid. You know, so I've had one your, good experience out of all of it. Do you know your blood type? I've got to find out. So then, <laughs> I, so I'm going for more blood tests. How do I get them to give me that information? So I'm going probably Monday for Just ask them. blood work. If if uh, if you've had blood work, they know what your blood type is. Just simply ask them. Say, hey, what's my blood type? I may want a transfusion one of these days. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's good. Thank you. I don't want to say I'm trying to take my blood from it. Because, okay, so uh-huh. I have been not only sighted a UFO live and close up, me and a best friend have been abducted together. I did not know until last year we were at a Halloween party together. 
at another friend's, and uh, we were talking. Everybody was saying, well, how many of us in this group, because it's zero, okay, in uh, Yvonne mm-hmm. Smith's group. So we were over there at this party, and they, she said, just offhand, how many of this group has, uh, the what is the, the blood type, zero negative or something like that? Yes, blood it's RH negative. That's, that's negative. the one I'm how many, Yes. Okay, how many people are RH negative? Almost three-fourths of the people raised their hand, including my best friend. I said, I never know you are RH negative. negative. Mm-hmm. She never, she never said, I guess said it. But it was so odd that she that it's it's true. So like three you know, fourths of the people there have Rh negative, which I think is is astronomically high odds. Yes, it is. It should be fifty fifty. <laughs> you yeah, would think. Exactly. Now I Maybe. asked Kathleen Martin this. Oh, She's yeah. the the, the uh, director of abduction research in, in MUFON. I asked yeah. her about this. If uh, oh, during her. Uh, during her uh, research, has uh, has has she run across a, a more of a leaning toward RH negative as far as abductions are concerned? And she says no. She says, I haven't seen anything no. that really points me. No, she she hasn't. Mm. But that and that's why I ask people. And then uh, of course, what people are telling me is that the, the more times I ask and find that more people have RH negative blood that are dealing with uh, the abductions. Okay, so, I don't can you know explain what's... to the listeners what what is Rh negative? Okay, Rh negative, as far as I well, know, is it absent of the rhesus factor, which is a monkey gene, right? Uh, <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard no it monkeys. explained that way. I've never heard it explained that way. Now, <laughs> That's what I say. Now, listen, is, now, there, there is, you know, they don't, they don't say... Uh, they don't lay claim to the missing link for 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 just the saking sake the purpose of saking the saying it. I mean, there is a missing link. There's no direct link between man and any animal on this earth. There's a close link, but not a direct link. Okay. I'm, Everybody I'm, says, "Well, it's monkeys." Okay, we have a closer relationship to a chimpanzee than we do any other animal, but it's not a direct right. link. We are basically abnormal. <laughs> the human race is uh, like a, a, I don't know, a hybrid of a chimpanzee, if you want to call it that. But there's still some missing factors. And, uh, and yeah, I hate to say that, but, but uh, all of my questions were answered when I read the book, The Twelfth Planet by Zachariah Sitchin. You go oh, get yeah. that book and you read that, and I guarantee you that your eyes will come up. What? That fits. Everything in that book fits. But anyway, that's that's a different deal. Uh, <laughs> but, well, it's, uh, it's true, and I get asked that all the time. So, you know, I'm going to ask on Monday. So I just got to keep reminding myself that I'm going in again. Well, but, um, let's see. I think it's... Uh, yes. Uh, RH negative blood is not like 50-50 with, uh, with a RH positive. It, uh, RH negative is uh, pretty rare. I think uh, I think A B negative is the most rare. B negative is the next one up the line, and I forget how far it goes. But mine is B negative. B negative. Yes. What B does negative. that mean? I have the second. I have the second rarest blood in the in the Rh negative factor, and my wow. mom had uh, B negative, and I know a couple of other people have B negative, but it's far few and in between. That's why I ask about it. Then, but since you said. 
three quarters of the people in that room had RH negative blood, that's a high concentration. There should only be yeah. like two. Yeah. Two out of ten. And, uh, and it just surprised me that, you know, that uh, me and uh, my BFF, she's also uh, the same the same as they are. And I just thought that was so odd. So I'll find out Monday and I'll get back with you on the information of that little investigation I have to do on myself. But um, now you have... Uh, uh, actually had a huge investigation uh, in 2008. uh, In Stephenville. Yes, in Stephenville. Why don't you tell us about the Stephenville incident, which is kind of incredible. Are we talking about the same one with Steve Allen? Yes, same incident, yes. Yes, 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 I I know all of those guys. Yeah, some great guys, really. Oh, yeah, Steve is a great guy. He's a great person. Uh, Let me kind of give you a little lead-up to this. Okay. This is uh, this all took place in like January and February of 2008. I want to take you back like uh, two or three months in the bottom half of the of the year 2007. Um, as far as um, uh, UFO reports coming in in Texas, the, in the in the in the year of 2007, uh, our average UFO reports were like two or three a month. Okay, and it was like that for years. And uh, along about uh, December of 2007, along about uh, the last two weeks, long, I always say it's around Christmas time, <laughs> but uh, the um, UFO reports started to really uh, come in. And then in, in like a month after that, like in, in the January and February, we were getting uh, as many as 300 reports a month uh, and just in Texas alone. Wow. Of course, that's kind of slowed down quite a bit since then. Uh, now MUFON wide. Uh, we average worldwide in MUFON uh, I don't know, 800 a month, something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Texas, California, uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, there's about four or five states that kind of juggle back and forth month to month on who has the most reports. And uh, right now we're averaging in Texas about 80 reports a month. That's That's a good number. And uh, we have a lot of field investigators in Texas looking them up. Uh, they keep quite busy. Um, but uh, at the time of the Stephenville event, uh, the first thing that happened, and what really made it, it, it get on the AP, was uh, Leroy Gayton's story. That he's the constable. And uh, he saw all these lights moving around in the sky, and then it took off. And at the same time, uh, Steve Allen and his uh, friends had this sighting, and, and they actually viewed a uh, an object that was uh, a half mile wide and a mile long, and we call that the flying Walmart. That's what we call it. And uh, this thing that was flying towards Stephenville from uh, coming from, let's see, that direction that was coming from was like uh, the southeast part of Texas, and flying towards Stephenville. And then uh, a short period of time later. Was it here? It came back, and it was being chased by a couple of jets. Now, what's interesting about this entire area is that there's uh, two or three different military operating zones, and uh, there's jet aircraft flying around down there constantly from uh, from the different airports around. And you know, we have all these orange lights. Of course, when you have a, an incident going on, everybody's out looking around. And they start, we started getting these reports about orange lights in the skies, and, and that's just simply flares from this aircraft. They do um, dogfights and maneuvers, and, and they they uh, 
send these flares out to um, distract the um, lock-on devices and things. And so there, uh, Teresa Turner, the uh, state director in Texas, did a uh, background search on all this uh, flare activity, and she was telling me there's thousands and thousands of different kinds of flares, and they do this and that. And she talks with the people on the base and the commanders and, Oh yeah, we had a, a, a ceremony or a, an exercise down there on such such a night, and yes, flares were deployed. And but what people are seeing are, are flares. But there is the occasional flying Walmart that flies around down. And I always wondered, you know, why would a uh, technological advanced race fly? I don't know, trillions of miles to visit the Earth with a machine that. That uh, that's the only kind of the only machine they have to get back home. Why would they fly it around in an area loaded down with jets that could that could uh, possibly damage their vehicle? You know why would they do that? So I'm the conclusion that uh, this flying Walmart is actually our own aircraft. That's the way I look at it, and it's flying around down there because they know mm-hmm. it's not going to get hurt. But anyway. Police officers have seen this thing. Um, one night it was uh, uh, basically flying real low and slow over Stephenville, downtown Stephenville. And there were three or four police officers scattered all around, not in together, and they saw this thing and they reported it. And, of course, they kept quiet about it for quite a while. They didn't want to get fired. But they eventually came forward and talked about this uh, this half a mile wide, one mile long it's just amazing. Yeah, yes, it's amazing. And then, of course, we have the people coming out of the woodwork and and uh, coming up to me when when the UFO hunters came into town and they were interviewing everybody. Um, this one guy came up and he says, "He says, Steve, yeah, I know a guy that has a that visited one of those aliens and he has a ray gun." I said, "Really?" I said, "I want to see this ray gun." Oh no, they keep it hidden. They don't let anybody see it. I said, "Well, why are you even telling me about it then?" Well, I was at out in Roswell, and uh, it was just before I started my show, and uh, this guy came up to me and said, I want you to know that I'm the one controlling the ocean waves. And I went, you are? You're the one doing all that? <laughs> Is his name the moon? <laughs> you name me Mullen Dang, yeah, well, I am so, you know, it takes all kinds <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then another one was telling me that he could remote operate on people. That he actually, uh... <laughs> I, you know, people maybe come up to me and talk to me. I say, show me a demonstration. Do they ask yeah, me? Give me a demonstration. <laughs> hey, good idea. Now, now that no, I don't want a demonstration. <laughs> I, I would say, you okay, I'll tell you what I want you to at. do. Yeah, I would point to someone. I said, okay, make them pick their nose. Remove this mole. <laughs> yeah, something of that nature. Something to be off the wall. You know, and I just have Man. to then, one was, uh, this guy looks so much like Jerry Garcia, and he just been out there for a while. And he, he said, I can't remember what he said. It was so odd. You know what I mean? I think he said that, you know, the military was controlling his mind. And uh, then he looked just like he stepped out of, you know, the 60s. I mean, he really looked like Jerry Garcia. He was wearing a peace sign and everything else. So I could have had a visit from another dimension, for all I know. This guy was that odd. 
Well, it's kind of strange. I mean, anybody can act. Anybody can act odd, and then turn around and say, "Well, the government made me do it." I mean, they they have to have an excuse. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, now we've got a bunch of questions in chat. So Glenn's asking, "Have you seen?" Yeah. Okay. Glenn's asking, "Have you seen the smoking gun yet?" Do you know what he's talking about? No, but I tell you what, I am looking. Oh, if anybody has a, what they consider to be a smoking gun, I guarantee you I will look at it and email me at doi and mufon.com. And I will keep you secret. But, yes, I'm, I have not wow. seen the smoking gun yet, but I'm looking for it. Excellent. Okay, we had another question. Do you know anything about the Marley Woods or Skinwalker Ranch? We have been hearing a lot about that. So what's your take on that situation? Well, if if uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Skinwalker has something to do with uh, Indians, something of that that's nature. That's what I think it is. Yeah, that's what I think. And uh, I think it's just right up there with uh, Bigfoot. I mean, you know, some people think it's real. I don't. Until a Skinwalker runs up and slaps me upside the head. That's just the way I look at it. I have not seen anything to substantiate that, yes, it's real. It's just folklore and and, uh, theory, as far as I'm concerned. That's my take on it. Mm. I believe that if persons could do that, they probably wouldn't do that in front of you. You know, a lot of things that people are... I have seen some very odd things, you know, and I only blatantly saw something, uh, you know... Last year, I was on my way to a, uh, somebody's house, and we were having a. Everybody was up there, really, and it was really a lot of fun. And uh, by everybody, you know, uh, just all the UFO people were all up there. And anyway, it was like a little mini conference, and I was doing a show up there, so I was up there, and I was in a bathroom, and it was a Starbucks, and the bathroom was so so strange. It was like a disco ball bathroom, with just like a gla- mirrored hall. And I almost walked out of there. Okay, I'm going to tell you this one. I was standing there, and I the sink was there on the left. And on the right, you know, usually that's where, you know, a Starbucks bathroom, they all look alike, right? You have Starbucks in Texas, right? Yes, but I never go into one. That's, I don't like Starbucks coffee. It's like, I like it. As people say it tastes burnt and stuff, but I like burnt stuff. But anyway... Uh, so I was looking on the right, so there's usually a commode, and then there would be a little counter or shelf on the right, you know, and that's the way it is, so it's set up as the same thing every time. And instead, there was a mirror, a mirrored wall, and I went, this is a useless bathroom. I'm like, who would do something like this? So I, I turned around, almost getting ready to leave, and then I turned back, and for probably the first time in my life, I folded my arms and I said, okay, you show me. Because I know, I know this is not what I'm saying. Like, I know you're presenting something that's not really reality. I was just talking out loud, too. And I, I, I didn't know that it would really happen, but the wall started fading. And it turned into, at one point, looking through a two-way mirror, you know, and then the room came back. So this was, to me, a that's, real anomaly. I thought something I was, was actually up with the, Yes, I thought something was up with the building. I would love to. Well, let me let me let me, enlighten, let me enlighten you a little bit. Okay, I'm totally See? sober, and I was I'm not yes. drugged up. 
and I tell you this is broad daylight. So go ahead. Okay. Let me explain something to you here. Maybe it'll, it'll kind of, and everyone else that's listening in the audience, I want to open your minds up here because when you said everything was lined with mirrors, it's the first thing I thought about was um, it's called a one-way mirror. The reason I know about this, I work in the glass industry, okay? If, if when you walk up to a mirror and it looks kind of kind of strange, take your finger and just touch the mirror. If you can touch your finger, if your finger connects with the reflection, that's a one-way mirror. That means mm-hmm. someone is on the other side of that mirror with a light off. And you cannot see them. It's like it's like the like the police use when they when they're hiding uh, the other room when when the, you can't right, see the exactly. other room. It, it works with it works with lights. Now, when you turned around, somebody in the other room there where that mirror is located probably opened a door or turned a light on or something or other, and you could see them momentarily, and then they cut the light off and you can't see them anymore. Anytime you walk into a room full of mirrors, especially in a bathroom, I would be very mindful of trick mirrors. Okay, so the point was is that it was temporary. It wasn't really yes. looking. It was. I, I saw what I thought was a mirror disco ball room, weird looking room. Then I yes. realized, say, what this is stupid. Why would they make a room like this? So that's why I decided I'm going to wait and see if I stare at it long enough what's going to happen, and it returned back to a normal bathroom. So what do you think that? Do you think that was an anomaly or? I never thought of what you just said. Why would somebody wait in a woman's room in in, in, in West, no, I was in North Hollywood, and screw with the bathroom? I mean, it's so odd. It's almost like, uh, and it's weird because I have seen a UFO. I have seen stuff. But this would be like a, a ghost material in front of you. It's the same kind of weird feeling. It's not scary. It's odd, you know? Mm-hmm. Someone could be on the other side of this trick mirror with any kind of camera equipment, videoing anything that's going on on but the other you side. you couldn't walk through it. I walked in the no. You know, you'd the go through. Door. No, you'd go through another door that's in in the other room. No, I didn't do that. I waited for the wall to disappear and walked through. No, no. The, the, the other the people on the other side of the mirror could exit oh. another another doorway in another room. That's how they get in and out. There could be like uh, that, that mirror. That that mirror itself could be covering a doorway. That's weird. I don't know that. That's weirder than what I thought. That's that's scaring <laughs> me. Now, now that's disgusting. Anyway. Of course it is. All right. Damn. <laughs> but that's an explanation. That's a good explanation for what you just explained to me. It sure is. And I'm gonna draw you that room some days to show you, show you that that's. I don't know how it was possible that a whole wall on the right would remove itself, and there's the commode area. The mirror area was actually to my left. I just had to wait. Okay, that's skinwalking. So, okay, as a MUFON person, what was your proudest moment? My proudest moment? Wow, I never thought about that. What Hmm. is my proudest moment? I guess it would be the moment of achievement, uh, proudest moment. Man, that's a hard question. I don't know if you I do have a proudest moment. Yeah, let me think about that one for a minute. 
proudest yeah, moment. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. What else? Proudest moment. That's gonna that's gonna bug me now. You have another question? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna find another question. Uh, uh, having some technical issues with one of my neighbors on here. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, the name was brought up, so let me look at this. Let me look for that name again. Mm. Okay, there's a name of it. Somebody. Okay, okay, Charles Pine. Charles Pine? Yeah. Um, let's see now. There, there seemed like there was a the state director that got me actually got me into MUFON. His name was Chuck Pine. You're kidding. The state director of Oklahoma. So what was the? Uh, uh, okay, Glenn said I do not ask Chuck questions. So what do you want to know about uh, Chuck, Chuck Pine? I guess you know he's been following you, Glenn Speck. I mean, he's one of our our good friends. I don't know if you know him, but um, very mm-hmm. intelligent guy, Glenn Speck. Yes. Yeah. That name is very familiar. Yes. Yeah, yes, he's, he's in Oklahoma too, right? So. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, I've met him. I know him. Okay, so let's see. What's another uh, thing I was... Uh, was uh, okay, has anybody... Have you heard about any recent reports about a round black UFO? A round black UFO? Like, uh, like a ball? No. Around and, uh, black. Do you mean like no. a flat disc or a ball? Even a even a disc. Um, uh, sometimes there are observations of a black disc with, uh, that's going around, but most of the most of the sightings lately have been triangle shaped. Hmm. I saw. Okay, I was on the phone with a a longtime friend. Uh, doesn't want anything to do with UFOs, right? So we were talking, and we have these kind of conversations start in the morning, and we're still talking eight hours later. I don't. We're like two twins. Wow. I don't. I don't know what's going on between me and him, and he's totally. We're totally from different. We have similar nationalities. He's half Irish, Italian. I'm half Scotch and Greek, and uh, we okay. have like the same temperament. And we just talk and talk and talk and talk, and he's. He's the lead singer in a heavy metal band, and uh, All right. we, we start talking. So he's saying, you know, he he just doesn't want anything to do with it right now. Uh, he has been an experiencer in the past, and oh, Glenn said it was a ball. What I saw, and then I this is what happened. So I'm I'm right with what Glenn was asking. Anyway, so I was talking on the phone. So I stepped out on the front the back porch here. I looked up, and there was a silver ball rolling. And I have heard about it before. I've seen it actually with uh, Jaime uh, from uh, down south of Mexico. Mexico. Yes, and there was like these ball things, but I actually saw, it looked like a ball bearing. It was that beautiful. And I just saw it Mm -hmm. rolling along, and I was like, oh, man, am I seeing like a silver ball out there? So I didn't really tell the guy on the phone, I'm actually spotting a UFO while you're telling me you don't want anything to do with it. (laughs) So... Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like you know this is uh, really hilarious. Anyway, so he yeah he's asking about a black ball. I have not heard of that either. 
No, I have heard of a black boxy looking UFO. I have had experience with one of those, like a black box. That's the board. That's the board. Yes, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Now, the board God. in Star Trek, they had square square uh, uh, ships. <laughs> it was yeah. a logical okay, design. So that way they could merge with each other and not have a problem. Yeah, like little Legos. Ruthless yeah. little uh, board Legos. Um, yeah, it was just like that, but different. Yeah. Uh, the one I saw was actually on my porch, but this is during a dream, so I can't, you know, vouch for it. I can I'll just say I saw it in a dream. And it was a boxy-looking, odd, very flat, black box, and it flew because I was, you know, I was supposed to go in it and go fly somewhere, you know. But other than that... Well, we do amazing things. We do amazing things in dreams. That's, that's it. So, uh, uh, okay... So, oh yeah, he's bringing up the fact Mojave Masan, That's right. I couldn't. I couldn't remember his last night. In Mexico, thinks he has a smoking gun. What do you think about that? Well, if he has a smoking gun, let's look at it. Mhm. I mean, what's the holdup? Yes. Right? What's the holdup? Yes. I mean, I could sit here and say, "Hey, I have the smoking gun, but I'm not ready to release it." So what do you have? At the end of the day, what do you have? You have well, another guy I with a comment. Yeah, so it's just uh, everybody has to... Have you heard of... This is... Have you heard of people saying they're being taken in white airplanes or white buses and stuff like that? No, that's a new one on me. Okay. Just wondering. White airplanes okay, so, and white buses. Yeah, like being being abducted but put in white buses or airplanes or stuff like that. No. Nothing. Okay. I haven't heard any so, of that. So it sounds like, um, you know, that the, you really do want the scientific aspect of this. So... How likely do you uh, think that we're going to have some kind of scientific evidence? How, you know... Well, in my lifetime, no, none. Yeah, none. The, the problem with getting scientific, I don't know, getting the scientists on board is that the uh, scientists work mostly off of government grants. And the very minute that the government thinks that the scientists are going to blow the lid on their little cover-up, well, they're going to stop the funding on these scientists. So the scientists, they're not going to have anything to do with this because it fits in with Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster, so that's their scapegoat. Another reason why I want to get UFOs separated from the paranormal area, period. Right. And so, another thing that people are always asking me yes. about, when we're going to have disclosure, well, yes. as long as everyone is sitting on their behinds watching TV, we're not going to have disclosure. If you want disclosure, you have to be united. And I always tell people, go join a MUFON. Once MUFON yes. has about several million 
members, just like the ACLU, just like uh, the gun lobby, just like LULAC, all those, as long as they have a voice. If we had several million members, we would have the voice, and we would have a voting block, and we would definitely stimulate what's going on in our government. So if you want disclosure, fine. Go join MUFON, and in about 10 years, we'll get disclosure. Because in about 10 years, we should have about 10 million members. And that's a lot of people, and that's a big voting block. And that is, I guarantee you, a big ball bat as far as the government is concerned. What do you think of that new uh, thing that I'm not sure, I just want your opinion on it, of the, I don't think it was the House Speaker, but somebody in Washington saying, you know, he yes, feels miserable. Okay, can Podesta. you tell me anything you know about that? Well, it, when you read all of the... Uh, stories about it and you there's 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 a little part there that uh, he's selling a book so you're not going it's just his memoirs and and you know he, he's not not very into uh, i don't know smart uh, that's not the word interesting he's not not an interesting guy so what does he do oh well uh you know uh, i wanted to give out the ufo information blah 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 you can go buy his book and you're not going to find out anything more than what you already know already He's just saying that to sell his book. Oh, dang it. Okay, so that's why, because a lot of things that I watched it, I, I, I was just going past the reading, reading it, and I went, oh, that's interesting, but then I let it go because I don't think it's going to be useful. So I guess I was right. It's not. My instincts are kind of right on that. You know, I'm right on usually if I follow my gut first reaction. Okay, that's nothing. That's too bad. So uh, let's see. Okay, we have just a lot of questions here, and people are talking. Okay, uh, there's going to be a Edgar Mitchell, and everybody's going to meet down south. Do you know anything about that uh, get together down there? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know anything okay. about that. Okay, I think even Travis Walton is going down there. And um, have you interviewed him yet? Who? Travis Walton. Oh yes, I've interviewed Travis and and Steve Pierce at the same time, and uh, I've met Travis. Oh, we're just fine. It was a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I met Travis twice. I met him in uh, at a uh, symposium we had in, in uh, where was that symposium? I think it was uh, Irvine, Texas, uh, Irvine, Texas, Irvine, California, I think. And then I met him another time when he was down in Del Rio down here. Me and Fletcher were more or less. You know, just chaperoning him, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Travis. Travis is a is a, a good guy. He's a good guy to know. Very intelligent guy too. He really is. He's just uh, so quiet that um, he just quietly goes about refining his book and you know doing the stuff he's doing, and uh, it's just really kind of amazing. Um, he really has a, a issue in his family right now. Since we brought it up, I'm gonna give it a little plug. Is that he has a go GoFundMe for his poor little grandson, and it doesn't take much to uh, really help out. So if you just have a little bit you want to uh, donate, it's over on uh, Travis's. Uh, if you know who Travis Walton is, it's on his page over on Facebook, and it's a GoFundMe site to donate uh, to uh, the paying of medicines and stuff like that because uh, that insurance doesn't cover everything, unfortunately. Anyway, so look at uh, 
Can you send me that link, and I'll post it up in, in uh, my little areas. I will. I'll send, I'll send you the link. And if somebody could go uh, look for that for me uh, now, that would be good. Then I can go uh, post it. I know right now it's not Charles Walton's site. So if everybody just donates a little bit, he's about uh, a quarter away from his goal. And they need like 10000 bucks. I don't. I, that doesn't even sound like enough, you know. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, his little grandson's in deep trouble. And if somebody, you know, anybody could just give whatever you can, we would really appreciate. So it's Travis Walton on Facebook. Yes, and yes. Send me that. And somebody's going to go looking right now. And I'll send it to you, too. So Okay, good uh, deal. I'll anyway. post it up. And because uh, we all got to stick together on this thing. And um, we seem to be have a big family going. And I have found my like-minded peeps through this whole thing. So this experiences of years um, and bringing you here, um, you know, has this really, uh, you know, this is to me has brought me in contact with people I ordinarily would not have met, but that we're so comfortable with. You know what I mean? It's like finding your family or your peeps. You know, do you feel that way about this field? I know some uh, some arguments, but that's family too. But you know, do you feel that way? That's interesting too. I never never thought of it like that. There there is a a certain area of camaraderie, all right, with uh, amongst uh, individuals, uh, and you and you do find a close bonding with with uh, with certain people. And then yeah, there's the other side of the coin. There's there's a few people out here that uh, that you have a very very large disconnect with. And uh, some of them are actually MUFON members, and they just don't see eye to eye with the, the way I'm thinking. I mean, they're, they're trying to force this uh, paranormal issue on me, and they're saying that MUFON should investigate the paranormal at the same time. And, and uh, let's just take Bigfoot, for instance. And uh, I just said, I said, well, uh, show me in the field investigator's manual where we have a section to study Bigfoot. And of course, there isn't one. And uh, well, they say, well, what about? Ghost. I said, there's no section for ghost. I said, MUFON does not investigate the paranormal. And they sat there and tell me, they said, well, the paranormal and UFOs are connected. And I said, okay, tell me how. Well, you mentioned it a while ago. Uh, uh, UFO uh, aliens uh, can go through walls. Well, so can ghosts. Uh, yeah. Spaceships can disappear, and so can ghosts. So there's the connection. I said, that's I said, that's apples and oranges. I don't know. I said, don't. It's just, yeah, it is. It's, it's confusing. I agree, uh, you know, but on the other hand, I know so many uh, abductees that have extreme paranormal experiences, so I think it's going to be like... I'm glad you, know, you brought that gonna... up. Okay. Because sound, uh, okay. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if... Uh, let, let's talk about this uh, disappearing act. Uh, I'm of the opinion that, you know, for the longest time, the, the people see UFOs, they say, well, it just took off at a great, just in the blink of an eye, it was gone. Well, I'm of the opinion that, no, it's not gone. It just disappeared. And have, they have cloaking devices is what I'm thinking. I mean, it's not going to take off real fast. I mean, what's, why? Why is it going to take off? Is it scary to you? No. I think it disappears. So when when you just mentioned that someone had an experience with, uh, let's say, an alien or a UFO or whatever, and then after that they start having all these little ghostly encounters or whatever. 
Yeah. Possibly it's maybe an alien that's cloaked in your house. It's just invisible and you can't see it. Now that's freaking maybe. odd. I'm starting to think that that's, way. That's that that's odd because it could be any uh you know, it's scary to think about, but that it could be any number of of things, you know. It yes. could be like some of the the uh uh I'm experiencing so I know that, you know, I have experienced real life stuff plus I've had witnesses with me and we've all, you know, there's no way my best friend could come into my house, you know what I mean, and then go back home and you know, it's weird. It's weird. We have the same dreams, the same spot, and stuff like that. But there could be some other uh, holographic activity going on too. Who's to say? That's true. That some people say the government's doing all this mind trick on you, and he they send these all these things to holographic images. Mhm. I've seen some and of those, know, and they're, they're startling, really. So we just don't know. But you just have to sit there and think about know. it. Well, you know, what's what's the bottom line in all of this? If they're if the government is showing holographic images, why are they doing that? Why well, spend the money? Trying, and do that? I think, yeah, I think they're trying to distract us from a, a real issue that's going on. That this, you know, there you a lot go. of people are saying. So yeah, so that's what I think. It's a lot of disinformation and. Messing with what your better, mind. And what better know, way? Yeah. Yes. What better way of hiding a secret space program or super secret technical equipment that they have than to disguise it as a UFO? And we all know UFOs don't exist. And we all know wow. that the people that see UFOs are wearing tin hats. You know why? Because the UFO yeah. is with a Bigfoot and all this stuff. It, it's um, it, how many how many years? Let me give an example here. How many years was mankind traveling around in an animal-drawn vehicle? Ask the people in the chat room. See if they can they can just give me a figure. How many years did, did mankind run around in an animal-drawn vehicle? Wow. Anybody, anybody guess? It's longer than we've been driving in cars. It it's about 2,500 years. 2,500 years. About 2,500 years, we've been running around in these animal-drawn vehicles. Okay, from the time that we stepped off of this animal-drawn vehicle and stepped onto the moon, how many years is that? In my lifetime. About in our 60, lifetime. Five, 69 years, something of that nature. Wow. We stepped off of these animal vehicles onto the moon, about 60, 65, 69 years. Now, Good point, how long have we been in these? How long have we been in these cars getting 21 miles to the gallon? Wow. About 115 years. 115 years we're still in these same beat-up jalopy cars getting 21 miles to the gallon. Well, it took us 69 years to go from... It took us 69 years to go from here to there to the moon. So, That's a good point. And, yeah, that would be a good good thesis or a paper because I have to write that down so I can take a real good look about what you just said. Because that's yes, and really here we are, trillions of dollars in debt, trillions in debt, and where'd that money go? Nobody knows where this money went. There is something it going on in somewhere. our government. Yes, I believe we have a secret space program. That's most my opinion. 
because the money's mm-hmm. going somewhere. Too many people out here are seeing something in our skies. We don't know exactly what it is. And what better way to hide it? Oh, it's just a UFO. These people are nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, half the people that see them don't even report them. That's why I'm saying join yeah. MUFON. Get this voting block together, and we will get some changes done. I guarantee it. Okay, uh, you want to take a phone call? Sure. Okay. So this is area code 952. I want to thank you for waiting so long. Uh, hi, you're live with the Paranormal the Sacred. What's your first name, please? Uh, Elizabeth? Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are Hello, you? Hello, Elizabeth. You're, you're live with the Paranormal Sacred. Do you have a question with our guest? Yes, I do. Do you believe, do you believe in portals? Portals. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the possibility of everything. Now, when you talk about portals, uh, you're talking about one in space because there's a lot of uh, video running around about, uh, well, that's a porthole, but it's not really. In uh, order for a porthole, I'm, I'm sure you're talking about what, a porthole to a black hole or a porthole to another dimension or something of that nature? Uh, portals that, um, well, you don't believe in the paranormal as such with the UFO issue. Um, mm-hmm. I have pictures. Um, Marlene, right? Is that who I'm talking to? What? Marlene, right? Charlene. Are you Charlene? Yeah, hey, Charlene. Betsy. Hi. <laughs> my real name. <laughs> How are you? Marlene. Uh, I've got well, you Marlene. Have photographs? high school name, Marlene. I think I sold you some jewelry there. <laughs> Elizabeth, I love that yes. necklace. Oh, my God. You didn't give me the leather yes. piece, but I have the horse uh, part of it. It looks yes, like Yes, I know. I'll send you the other part. Okay. okay Thank so you. But a, you know the picture, I'm talking, the, the picture I'm talking about is that I have, it's not the moon. It is. It was some type of something that was opening and shutting and things were coming out of it. And I have pictures. Um, so that's why I was asking if, and I've had MUFON at my house. Uh, mm-hmm. I've given MUFON all my pictures. Um, and they ran off with my pictures, and I had to beg them to get them back after a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that a lot. You do. Mm-hmm. Here I am, the director of investigations, and I hear that a lot. It's really sad. I mean, you know, I mean, and I never even got the disc back itself. He had to get send them through me through a Dropbox, which, you know, I had other pictures on there, my family pictures, my jewelry pictures, just pictures in general that were, you know, taken at around the same time. And that's why I was asking about portals because I think I live in one. <laughs> because, I mean, as she will tell you, I have pictures of strange things in my backyard. Well, I mean, okay, there are, are many you, odd things going on. Go ahead. Yes, are you, are you trying to tell me that this porthole is in your backyard? I No, the thing that was in the sky, that's not in my backyard. That was down a ways from my house. But that's why I was asking if you believe in portals and you believe in aliens. I believe in the possibility of both. Okay. Hmm. What if you saw pictures? Well, I can photographs are, 
photographs are and what did your investigator tell you about the photographs? <laughs> they came out and they agreed that there's something going on and then they disappeared and took my pictures and you know, kind of well, you never heard from them back. again. You you did get your photographs time. back, all right? Yeah, through drop through a Dropbox, but I didn't get my um family pictures back. They only sent me you didn't the get pictures. Your family pictures. Mm-hmm. You know what, next time, you know, what I do when I have something like that that's important to me, whether it's paperwork or anything, I always get a copy and send them the copy and not the original. So you're going to have to start sending copies. Of- I met with them. They took the desk. Oh. They took the oh, whole okay. thing. And I've met with them three um, or four times. And um, How long ago was this? <laughs> they've been to my house and... You know, they took pictures. How long ago was it? About a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you ha- you have my email address, right? DOIMufon.com? Yes, I do. Okay. And I'm, in like Minnesota, I'm in Minnesota, so I don't know what goes on up here. But um, that's really Minnesota. irresponsible. Okay. And um, Well, that's what I, I was know. getting at. I want you, What I'd like for you to do is to email me with some information and... Uh, uh, I'd like to. I'd like to look into it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll even send you my pictures. I mean, no good. You know, she's seen well, my pictures. Good, uh, yeah. Okay, you well, can just next time. You can just, next time, don't send originals. Don't anybody take your stuff without getting copy. And he's going to check yes. with it, so this is a good time to ask. So, uh, you know, Steve's gonna check check on this issue with for you. Okay. Okay, great. Yes, Thanks, so, you guys, and I'm gonna still listen to your show. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you. And, you send me, and send me that thing. I will send you that thing. <laughs> okay, we won't announce bye. it, but I'll send it to you. Good. Bye. I will, dear. I love it. Okay, bye bye. Thanks, great. We, I'm glad you do. We are uh, in the middle of making some extraordinary changes in, in uh, as far as the field investigations go. Yeah. We have uh, started a, a brand new field investigation uh, training program, and. Our field investigators don't know it yet, but they're all going to have to go through it. And we even have started uh, uh, field investigator boot camps, which is um, uh, extensive training in like a five-day period. And uh, we also have uh, named a new star team manager, and uh, he's going to take uh, take the star team to another level. And we also have yet to announce a... uh, we call it the uh, SAT, which is a uh, special assignment team. And uh, we're about to put that together, and, and the uh, the director of that is still unnamed yet. But uh, that's coming out, too, and we're, we're fixing to – we're basically going to re- redo the entire field investigation course, what we're going to do. And oh, um, because we're going actually worldwide, we have a worldwide organization, too, that's actually taking uh, participation – uh, yeah, but a lot of changes are coming up, and uh, they're all positive. And uh, yeah, it sounds um, it sounds really positive, and and we do need some kind of something going on, and and I'm just glad that there's groups available, and uh, that um, you know I appreciate all the work everybody's doing, and and wherever corner they're in, because we all seem to find where our niche is, or niche, or whatever you want to say, and we find mm-hmm. it, and then we do our work in that area, you know. Uh, so, uh, again, we have the, uh, 
the, okay, this is the funding. It's the Eason Medical Fund, www.gofundme.com slash 5705C. So I want to thank John DeFrancois for that. Thank you so much, John. And that's with Travis Walton's grandson. It's, again, the Ethan Medical Fund, www.gofundme.com, slash 5705C. So that's the direct uh, number to that. So anyway, and um, you know what? This happens in, like, I sent away some things for school, and it was a bunch of paperwork I, I did for my accreditation, and they did not return it. And who knows what happened to it? They don't care about our stuff as much as we care about our stuff. So just don't give everybody the original. you got to give them the copy, right? Correct. And that goes with, uh, you know, your own personal paperwork, because I've just been going through something like that. But anyway, it's it's really uh, – where's the website? Where can you get a hold of MUFON? Oh, that's simple, www.mufon.com. That's See, that was so, easy. That was easy. So now yes. we come to the part where you have your own radio show, and I would like to hear about oh. uh, where, where, what night it is. I want you to give a whole big talk on your radio show, how to get to it. I listen. I love your okay. show. Okay, so well, thank you. About <laughs> I, have, I actually have two radio shows. It's, uh, one is the Texas UFO radio show, and the other one is the MUFON radio show. And on the Texas UFO radio show, we talk about anything and everything, uh, including ghosts, Bigfoot, uh, just anything you want to talk about, we talk about it. If it's weird, hey, I want to hear about it. Uh, the MUFON show is strictly nuts and bolts, science approach to MUFON and uh, abductions and just strictly what I want to call no nonsense. <laughs> we can have all the fun on the other show. But uh, both shows are on Tuesday night at uh, kgraradio.com at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time. And the MUFON show is uh, the first Tuesday of each month. And after that, it's the Texas UFO Radio Show. And, uh, hey, anybody wants to be a guest on my show, get a hold of me, doi at mufon.com, and uh, I'll put you on the show. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I'm game. And the, the, the issue about portholes, I hear I hear about this dimensional shifts and things of that nature, and and uh, I keep telling everybody, well, it's just all theory. And they say, well, it's not theory, it's proven. That's okay. Show me the guy that has opened a dimensional porthole, stepped through it, and came back. Well, they can't do that, okay? Until they do that, it's theory. It's like um, <laughs> it's like I'm at a, at, a, at a road, right? You know, you. Mm-hmm. You know, the chicken crossed the road, right? No, no. Uh, I'm at a road, and on paper, I can show that I can walk across that road and walk back. Until I do it, it's a theory. Once I go across and come back, it's a fact. And that's what I try to tell you, explain it. But, you know, black holes, you know, they finally figured out where they are. Um, dimensions, well, they think they're out there. We don't know. Nobody's proved it yet. So portholes, yes, they're. I thought there were portholes are there. What? I thought that the scientists have found and detected twelve dimensions. Uh, They have a theory, and it works out on paper, mathematically, that there are several dimensions. But if you can't access them, 
Well, I could sit there and say, well, okay, if you multiply that theory by two, you've got 24 uh, dimensions. You know, it's just working the numbers. Stuff works good on paper until it's actually, actually, until you actually do it. It's a theory. Okay, so what about, uh, okay, I have heard this a few times, and I've also seen it on the, uh, on uh, you know, videos and stuff like that, about there's a sample of the silver aluminum metal uh, from the uh, crash, the, US, the famous, famous UFO crash that almost started the whole big thing out in the middle Roswell? of nowhere. And they found, uh, yes, the, okay. the, the, the strange anomalies of this metal and uh, do you think that could be your smoking gun? That's from John Lee Francois. It could be a smoking gun if uh, if it has properties not found on the earth. I've seen the reports so far, of the be- people that sounded sincere, and they sounded like it was some strange stuff. Well, yeah. I could read a report, and you know, I'm not trying to debunk everything, but you know, sounding sincere, anybody can sound well, sincere if they think the they have a smoking gun. Well, okay, so I was watching the video of the people that was actually at the Roswell, you know, that suffered and and died shortly afterwards, but they said they mm-hmm. saw stuff. What do you think about that? Well, it's possible. It's possible that someone can see things. We have reports every day of people that see Venus through the trees and swear up and down is moving. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. I mean, I I don't know what they saw. If they said they saw something, okay, I would have to figure out what they're looking at. Right. Um, Okay, what's the question then? But as far as metals, and we, we've had a lot of people come forward with some metal. And yeah. it always comes down to where it's mostly aluminum. Mm-hmm. And well, aluminum is found on Earth. To you. Okay, so it means to you that it's still earthly, even though it seems yes. strange. Uh, yes. Yes. We haven't, there's so no one's come forward with a smoking gun yet. Okay. Well, you know, as we go through our search and we'll keep, you know, searching for, you know, um, real uh, evidence and stuff like that, we have, in the meantime, we have all these witnesses of yes. personal experiences and stuff like that. So I really have talked to people that are miserable. they rather not ever say they were connected by, they were, I mean, abducted by UFOs and aliens and yet they are starting to come out and talk about it. So what do you think about that? I think they are feeling more comfortable about it, and I think it's because they're starting to remember more about it. There's a lot of blocked memories for some reason. I don't know if it's because of trauma. You have to talk to Kathleen about that. But, uh, yes, more and more people are coming forward with these, and uh, whether or not it really happened is one question, whether or not, they read some books on it and wanted to join the line of the other people that were saying they had abduction experiences. Maybe they want to write a book. You, you have to wonder what people are thinking. Uh, until we can really get a grip on these uh, alleged alien abductions, it's, it's still a theory. 
I mean, yeah. Uh, people come to me. People come to me and they say, "Hey, Steve, I'm in communication with aliens." Uh, really? Yeah. Yes. Quite often. Good. Tell them to come to my house. I want to. I want to talk to them. Well, they could be coming to your house. <laughs> Steve, they, they could well, be coming to your house. See, now you open you know, up another but, can of worms. You open all up right, another can I of worms. I want to. I don't want to, but I, <laughs> I have to because you're you're antagonizing me. Well, let me let me tell you a little story. <laughs> you got time? We got time for another story? Yes, I, yeah, we got twenty. We okay. got twenty three minutes, and we're moving right along. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a story. Okay. Go ahead. I was. Uh, let's see what time was. Eighteen, or really close to eighteen, maybe, maybe seventeen. It's been so long ago. But um, uh, I knew this family, and uh, they 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 were in the neighborhood, and uh, they moved, and they had a couple of a couple of their sons that I hung around with them. And they moved out to a small town just north of Fort Worth out in Justin. And uh, I would go out there periodically and spend the weekends out there with them, them and their family. And, and uh, they, they lived in this old house, old creaky house, and big. It had bedrooms on both sides and a big, long room down through the middle. It was a combination living room and dining room. And then a, there was a back porch back there, a screened-in back porch. And that's where the bathroom was, back in the back back there. But uh, there was only like half, half the people were there and half the people were gone and and it was late one night. We'd been up playing cards or whatever. And anyway, we went to sleep. And I was in this uh, room, this bedroom. And dark, I was one of those hand-in-your-face darks. You know, you can't see your hand. Yeah. And uh, I was asleep. All of a sudden, I just woke up because something woke me up. I heard a big noise and something woke me up. I was thinking about it. What, what, what woke me up? I didn't hear anybody else up. Uh, and I, I started thinking about what was it like a big crash, like, I always describe it as um, like a um, a stack of pans, like fell off the table and into the floor. You know, bam, it crash. And I'm laying there. You know, like, you know, everybody's going to get up and see what what that noise was, but I didn't hear anybody get up. And then uh, I was about to lay down and go back to sleep again, and I started hearing the floor creaking and popping. It was like someone sneaking across the floor. You know what I mean? It was taking little small steps. And it was like going down the wall there, of the wall of the bedroom where I'm at, and it, and it kind of, it took a long time to get there. I'm talking, I'm talking five or ten minutes to walk that, but it, it stopped at my door. My door was shut, and uh, this this uh, door had these these old diamond looking crystal doorknobs. You know those old. Anyway, yes. it started I, I turning one. this. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It started turning yeah, this, and you know they squeak, they squeak and carry on and. Finally, something was coming in the in the room, and uh, I was just I said, "There's some boys going to come flying in here and, and scare me or something." So I'm ready for them. I'm gonna just lay here. And well, the the door opened up, and I was hit with a cold air. It's like like you opened up a freezer. This is the middle of the summertime, and this house didn't have air conditioning. And and this cold air hit me. Now, <laughs> I've just had ten years of reading about ghosts and all this other good stuff. And I knew that when cold air hit the room at night, that's a ghost coming in the room. Okay, I had my eyes shut. I didn't want to see what was coming in that room at all, period. Well, this room stayed cold, and <laughs> and I started hearing this thumping noise, this thump, thump, thump. I'm sitting there, I hold my chest. It was my heart beating. I was petrified of whatever was in that room. My heart was beating out of my chest. You you with me there so far? <laughs> yes, I am. 
The next thing I remember, I woke up the next morning. I bailed out of that bed, jumped up, and ran into the kitchen. Everybody's in there eating breakfast. And I'm looking around and said, did y'all hear that big crash last night? What big crash? Nobody heard anything. Well, I just blew it off. In the meantime, I joined the Navy. And, you know, the guys were underway back there. And we get back on the fantail of the boat, and we're back there smoking and lying to each other, <laughs> telling all these big stories. They're talking about ghost stories. So I started telling them my story. And I got to the point where I said, I, I, next thing I know, I woke up the next morning, and I got to thinking about that. Here I am, in bed, 17 years old, petrified with fear, and I go to sleep. Now, who in, who in the world goes to sleep with adrenaline pumping out their ears? Who goes to sleep and wakes up the next morning? Abductees do. You pull the blankets over well, our heads. Well, I didn't put no blankets over my head. I didn't do anything, but uh, that brings me to another story. <laughs> I went and well, uh, interviewed. Well, what was it? Is it the same? I don't know. The same... I don't know what it was that night. Nobody else knows what it was that night. But for the longest time, I had these dreams of uh, being out in a field in the dark at night and seeing what I describe as box kites flying around with lights going down like a square rectangle-looking box kite and with multicolored lights. I used to dream about that thing all the time, and finally it just kind of went away. But um, I didn't dream about any aliens or any of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But every time I think about it, I get cold chills, like I'm getting cold chills right now thinking about this. But um, uh, a woman called me on the phone one day. Steve, yeah? Uh, this is when I was chief investigator of Texas. Uh, do you have any abduction groups uh, around Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I said, no, sadly, no, we don't. Because we didn't have that much going on with abductions back then. Yeah. And she says, well, could uh, could you come over and let me talk with you? I said, sure, I'll come over. So I went over on that, that next weekend and uh, went over. She lived over in Dallas somewhere. And uh, I went over there and I called her ahead of time, told her I was coming. And when I got to the house, I called her and said, hey, I'm out here. And so she she came out. And uh, I walked up to her house, and, and she was uh, standing on her porch, and her porch was like two or three feet off the, off the ground. And she was every bit of six foot six. I mean, she was a tall woman. And here I am, just five foot six. You know? So she was towering Aww. over me already. She was ten feet above me. And, I'm, and she, when I was walking up, she, she gestured with her arm. She stretched her arm and hand out like, you know, hold it a minute. So I'm standing there, and we're talking. And uh, several times as we're talking, she puts her hand out. And uh, then finally she says, okay, come on in, we'll talk. So we went in the house, and, and I sat on the couch. She sat in a chair across from me, and she was telling me about her abduction experiences. And uh, you know, I could tell she was, uh, oh, I don't know, concerned about, the things that were going on with this. And I don't remember if she was married or not. I, there was no one else there. It was just her. And uh, she was saying this this had been going on all her life, off and on all her life. And then she kind of paused for a minute. And I noticed she was still sticking her hands stuff out. And I said, I said, can I ask you what you're doing? She says, oh, she said, I'm reading your vibrations. <laughs> I said, oh, wow. all right. And uh, I said, uh, I don't know. She said, uh, she said, I was reading your vibrations. That's why I, she said, I can tell you're a good guy. That's why I allowed you in my house. I said, oh, okay, well, thank you. 
She says, now I want you to tell me about your abduction experience. Wait a minute. I jumped up off the couch. <laughs> she said that? I said, uh, yes, she said, now I want you to tell me about your abduction experience. I jumped up mm-hmm. off the couch. I became really nervous. And I said, what do you mean? She says, I can tell you've been abducted. I want to hear about it. I said, as far as I'm concerned, I haven't been abducted. And uh, I immediately, well, not immediately, but I shortened the interview and left. And I haven't heard from her since. If I, now, okay, so this goes to show you things that have happened um, actually leaves us, okay, so if people think, you know, some people some people are making this up. Some people are lying, right? I I I just uh, have a, a I I have a feeling about some people, right? Some people would rather yes. not know the information, but they're still uh, acting upon it psychologically. You see, what I'm saying, getting that. Mm-hmm. So yes, you will have the gut. You will have the gut fear or avoidance of talking about abductees and stuff like that. It's like a, it's called the projection. Uh, I could never get that right. It's like you're projecting onto the situation what happened in the past. So let's say something happened to you, and so you, you got hurt, so you're going to kick the dog. You know, it's like a, a projection <laughs> on the way down. It's like a domino uh-huh. effect. You know what I mean? So it affects you unknowingly because you'll react to this certain area, overreact. Or underreact, or mm-hmm. just not, you know. And so somebody is saying, uh, you know, I, I've never been abducted. I'm leaving abductees, and blah, blah, blah. You can't trust them because it could be delusional. It could be this and that. And then I start looking at the person, and I start thinking, have they been abducted? Because I'm telling you, we sit in a room, a bunch of us. Let's say there's 30 in a room, right? And we're talking about abductions. We're supposed to be keeping a ledger, a log, do something to and write down or get some kind of evidence going. So what mm-hmm. happened was we asked straight out, the uh, leader of the group will ask, are you journaling? No, we put our head under the blanket. We do not journal it. It's like something you don't want to know, so you forget about it. And believe me, you're, you're away from it one day, whatever the experience was, and you already forgot about it like it was a dream. It's a very peculiar mm-hmm. Uh, emotional anomaly. I think the same thing happens in rape victims and in uh, extreme catastrophe victims. It kind of like, did that happen? You know, does that really happen? But I think it's a mechanism we uh, uh, protect ourselves. Yes. I agree with that. Okay. People say, well, won't you be regressed? I said, no. I don't want to be regressed. Oh, I wanted to be, and I couldn't, couldn't. Like, I was, like, not whatever you have to do to get to progress. Like, I was not impressionable, you know. So, I don't know. You're I, too I don't strong feel like willed. I'm blocking it. I am? I'm yeah, you're too strong-willed. Strong, strong-willed people are hard to hypnotize. Well, it's not that I even felt the resistance because I was appreciating, you know, the relaxation part of it and all that. And then it was just like, I'm not going to lie and say, you know, um, I'm there when I'm not, you know. So I would probably have to get sodium pentothal or something. That would be <laughs> There a you go. I yes. would do it if people I trusted were with me and then go under uh, regression with sodium pentothal. I will do it, people. 
well, I don't know if anybody wants me to do it. I might say a bunch of other crap. <laughs> That'll be. I want to tell you about my most. Anyway. I want to tell you about my most fascinating uh, sighting report. Please do. The one that really. It, it just comes out to me all the time when I think about this. They always the people ask me, "Well, what's the best report you ever went out on?" I, I have to tell you this, <laughs> but I, I got a, a phone call from a guy. He's living in Fort Worth, in the south side of Fort Worth. He says, uh, uh, "You would move fine, right?" I said, "Yes." And I introduced myself. He says, "Okay." He says, uh, "I have I live so and so, so and so, and I have been videotaping UFOs for ten years." And I said, okay, how are you doing this? He says, I have a video camera, and I have it on a tripod, and it's pointed out my window. And I never do anything with this camera other than to change the, it was a VHS camera, other than to change the tapes and put a new tape in it. It runs 24 hours a day. I said, okay. I said, how many tapes do you have? He said, I have a sh- two or three shelves of them. And he says, when I run out, I start back over on the first one, and uh, over, he films over what what he has there. He, he makes sure there's nothing on it. But he said, I do have video of uh, UFOs, and I'm ready to come out and show my proof to the world. And I'm going to do it through MUFON. And I said, okay, I want to see what you have. He said, okay, good. So we set up an appointment, and I went over there. And uh, the first thing that struck me as being odd was uh, – his wife would not allow me in the house until I put uh, um, shower caps over my feet, over my shoes. And I said, okay, and I respect that. She doesn't want me to drag any dirt in her house. I said, okay. Yeah. That's not a big deal. Not a big deal for me. So I put the, I put the little caps on my uh, my shoes and went into a room. And, and uh, the gentleman had his, had a, uh, like, a, like an office room or whatever. And there it is. He has a big screen TV in there, and he has all his equipment, and, and there's the camera. And he said, this is the camera that I use and videotape constantly. And it was pointed uh, in a northern, northern north direction. I got my little compass out, and I got, took a little compass reading of where he's pointed. And I got the elevation of the camera. And he told me he had it set on infinity. I said, why do you have it set on infinity? He says, well... If I don't have it set on infinity, I can't see the UFOs. And I said, okay, that means they're pretty far away. So I wrote all this stuff down. Anyway, he gets a videotape, and he said, this is the one I'm going to show you. He said, this is a videotape of uh, UFOs coming out of the sky and landing. They're landing just north of town up here somewhere. I said, okay, let me see what you got. So he, he videotaped, started the videotape, and he's running and running and running. He said, okay, just a few minutes now. Then finally he got to one. And here, sure enough, here's an object coming down out of the sky at a, at an angle, not straight down. And the first thing that struck me was uh, uh, I'm looking at a video of the space shuttle landing because that's kind of what hmm. it reminded me of. It, you know, you could see uh, um, a shape and a tall tail section, uh, like a vertical fin, but you couldn't tell much else about it. And it just reminded me of the space shuttle. So he said, okay, watch it. And it took, a, I don't know, a few, I don't know, it wasn't a minute, more like about 10, 10 seconds maybe for this thing to come down and then out of sight. And he had this uh, camera pointed over his neighbor's house. So the the object was going down past the, the roof line uh, and the tree line of, uh, of his neighborhood. So, and next, next thing you know, here comes another one. 
and then and another one. And there was like every two minutes, one would be coming down. The same place, same line, everything. It looked like a a, a, a cut-and-paste loop is what it looked like. But I, I could tell the trees were moving differently, so it wasn't a loop. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I said, I've seen enough already. I said, uh, I'm only going to uh, go to my house and, and uh, look a few things up. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll give you a report. He said, okay, that's good. That's cool. So I went home. And I got on my computer, and I did a map layout of uh, the northern Fort Worth area, and plus the Fort Worth area where he lived. And I pinpointed where his house was on the map. Then I put my little compass down there, and I got the compass reading, and I drew a line straight all the way out almost to Denton. And that line crossed the airport north of Fort Worth. It crossed the north-south Runway. So what he's been filming for ten years were uh, <laughs> airplanes landing, landing oh, at Alliance man. Airport. So <laughs> poor guy, I, I, you know. Yes, I, I took this map and I folded it up, left all my lines on there, I folded it up, and I made him a nice little letter uh, explaining to him that he had been videotaping for ten years airplanes landing at Alliance Airport. Never heard a word from this guy for about, I don't know, probably almost say about 15 years. And mm-hmm. we got a report in MUFON from a guy in Crowley, Texas. And I took the report because I recognized the name. And it's the same guy. And he wants to report UFOs he's been filming for a couple of years. And uh, I asked him <laughs> if he's using the VHS camera. He said, no, i got a digital camera now. And uh, I said, okay. I said, uh, have you ever reported to MUFON before? Yes, I have. And he knew my name. He said, I reported. Oh. And this, this this fellow investigator named Steve Hudgens ridiculed my research. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, I know for a fact that his research didn't wasn't a ridicule. He explained to you what you were videotaping. He said, well, how do you know that? I said, because that's me. I'm the one that interviewed you. <laughs> That's why I feel great pity for him. You know what I mean? Because yes. it's hard that uh, you put your life blood into something. It's just like a bogus thing. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's like the mad scientist yes. the, the, or the yeah. inventor, <laughs> you know. And uh, what he was doing was watching that whole time. So, so tell us about your upcoming guests. And, again, tell us about your show again so people can tune in. Okay. It's uh Texas UFO radio show. It's on uh, – and the MUFON radio show, it's on uh, kgraradio.com. It's an internet show. And uh, we have a nice little chat room you can go into, much like what you have, and mm-hmm. ask questions. It's uh, from 6 o'clock to uh, 8 o'clock sometimes, central time. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't have any guests lined up. I'm trying to get a few, but uh, they're far and in between. And like I said, if anybody wants to be a guest on my show, just email me and uh, say, hey, I want to be on your show, and we want to talk about this. And and uh, I'll put you on. Like I said, the Texas UFO Radio Show, we talk about anything and everything. And the MUFON Show, we kind of stick to the nuts and bolts. And uh, I'm I'm trying to schedule Nick Pope for the the, uh, MUFON Radio Show, and that'll be probably in a couple of months. He's filming in L.A. right now doing something or filming somewhere. Um, I'm thinking about having, um, 
the uh, the new person that's going to take over the uh, SAT program on the next MUFON show. I'm not sure if that's going to take place or not. But we have uh, the first 30 minutes of the MUFON show is um, a report from the top 10 committee, and that's, that committee looks at all the UFO reports that come in on each month, and they take out the top 10 of that particular month, and the top 10 of that month go into a, what we call a, the, the basket, and at the end of the year, the Science Review Board for MUFON picks out the top 10 for the year, and then they uh, uh, have a news conference, and we, and we talk about them and uh, give everybody the reports, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, every 30 minutes of that first show, we talk about the, the, the best reports for the month. So I just barely started that, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that uh, sounds very exciting, and, you know, it's it's always a pleasure to uh, follow you on Facebook because you have such interesting guests and articles and a lot of uh, wonderful peeps that we have in common. I think we have 300 and something common friends, and we're all in this together, really? you know. And Yes, so it's, <laughs> uh, it's wonderful to just have you on, and uh, I can't well, say thank you. you thank you so much for spending your time with us because I know there's later where you are and um, I just want to wish yes, you all the best Steve. I just have a couple of announcements to make and um, you know so I'll let you go okay. for now. And do you have anything last things you want to say for for your peeps? Join MUFON or forever, forever hold your peace. <laughs> <laughs> Join MUFON. Okay. Yes. Join MUFON right. or just be quiet about it. Let the world go by. That's all I got to say. That's right. <laughs> okay. Bye, Steve. Take care. Hey, nice being you. on your show. Okay, I'll bye-bye. see you guys. Bye. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. So, you know, it's so wonderful having Steve on, and we need every kind of opinion from everywhere, and that's just the way it is. So, uh, you know what? After this show, coming, I'm going to just read this to you at tonight. Uh, 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be the special guest, believe it or not, on KDWN 720 AM radio, Extraterrestrials is the topic, the dark side of contact. And yep, I'm going to be talking about with Tina Marie and Restricted Airspace. So go over there, go dial yourself in, or www.restrictedairspaceradio.com. I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to be hanging out in the middle of the night, and, uh, you know, it's going to be awesome. So uh, I'll meet you over there. I did post uh, the link on my Facebook page if you want to go check it out. And also it's www.restrictedairspaceradio.com, and it's with Tina Marie and Tina Marie Entertainment. And I want to thank you all for being in the chat room, and also all the phone callers. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us and hanging on the line so long, and people are listening through their phones. And, you know, I just have to say thank you so much. And God bless you, you smart Alex and chat, the best peeps ever. And uh, I just wish you all uh, so much, uh, just so much love, and I bless you all for uh, everything that you've done. And Okay, so it's... You know, the blog talk lady keeps talking to me, so I have like 60 seconds. So what I'm going to do is talk about a nonprofit I'm affiliating with, Citizens Against Toxic, toxic Chemicals. And uh, they're just geared to informing the public about the dangers of human health of exposure to toxic chemicals, from everything from toothpaste to cosmetics to motor oil and to medical. Anyway, they have a lot of professionals uh, that are 
related with this organization. And if you want to know more, go to www.parkinsonsinternational.org. And it's a nonprofit, and they would appreciate your support. And they're using 22nd century uh, uh, medical interventions uh, over there. So it's a top-notch uh, to help people, whether they have Parkinson's or anything else uh, being exposed. And next week, I am happy. To, we're going to speak with Sean Robbins, going to be our guest. And uh, she's, a, she's amazing. She was a former spy and psychic, and she's uh, also a weekend author. So anyway, we're going to talk to Sean Robbins next week. So I want to wish you all luck. See you later. If you can't go to sleep, meet you over bar at the other radio show, okay? Be good, you guys. God bless you.